Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. What's driving the conversation in California today? Every weekday at this time, we explore a topic that's making news in our state. This is the State of California. Good afternoon. I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS political reporter and host of The State of California. Well, as you no doubt know by now, former President Trump has been indicted again in a criminal case without precedent, really, in U.S. history. He stands accused of attempting to subvert American democracy by conspiring to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election. He faces four counts of conspiracy and obstruction. He'll be tried in federal court in Washington, D.C. The former president has denounced this prosecution. He says it's politically motivated. He insists he's done nothing wrong, and this is just part of the ongoing witch hunt, as he likes to call it against him. But it is the third criminal indictment he's under with additional prosecutions pending in Florida and New York and another one seemingly likely in Georgia. For more, we're joined today on the KCBS Ring Center Newsline by Dr. Dora Kingsley-Vertenton, a professor at the Price School of Public Policy at the University of Southern California. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me, Doug. I appreciate it. All right. So first of all, obviously, this is a very serious case and an historic indictment. But um, are we already reaching, I don't know, Trump indictment fatigue? I mean, do you think voters and especially his supporters are just going to tune this all out and it's not landing with the impact that, you know, frankly, it deserves? Well, I don't think we have fatigue because I don't think the first indictment landed with any particular thump, if you will. Um, We live in a world where um, the old norms of following the rules of law and telling the truth and being afraid of paying the consequences for your actions, that is much more muted in today's world. So people are busy, uh, certainly at summertime, they have other things to think about than Donald Trump's legal problems. How dangerous is it for our democracy, for Americans, you know, not to read the details of this indictment, I expect very few will, and understand, you know, just what is alleged here and what's at stake for the future of how we hold elections, how we manage the peaceful transfer of power? I think it's incredibly dangerous we largely have a population that's given up understanding the mechanics of what keeps us free. But that's a trend that I see going back about 15 years when people have stopped looking at the details or they don't understand. It's gotten so complex in Washington and Sacramento that particularly, you know, in the middle of the country, in the South, if you're not living right in, you know, the bastion of of democracy or a state capital, it means very little to you. And so I think largely not teaching civics, not having that be part of our you know, day-to-day life, people just don't understand, A, how complex it is, and B, how important it is. 
as usual, uh, Mr. Trump is trying to turn this to his advantage. He's raising lots of money. He calls it election interference. I've gotten endless emails from his team begging for more campaign contributions. What do you think of the way he uses social media and these other resources to keep his version of this narrative alive and keep his base behind him? Well, I think we're really talking about two different tracks. The current social media um, strategy that the Trump organizations, the PACs, the MAGA, and some of the Republican leadership is really ephemeral, intended to do two things. Um, get through the next three days when it's on the front page and, and it's current and it's fresh until the next big thing happens. But more importantly, they're really speaking to donors, right? What they want is the small dollar donors and the funding and the grift, if you will, that's been going on through the PAC organizations. This isn't about a legal defense. This isn't about arguing the merits of the case. You know, this is a message intended to keep the true believers, if you will, um, sending money. And that keeps the, you know, the Trump organizations alive. You know, do you think these indictments have some incremental impact, though, in terms of peeling away even a tiny percentage of his support? I mean, as one piles on top of the next on top of the next. Maybe. Uh, more importantly, the, the folks who used to be Republican or the persuadable people, I think, increasingly shudder from the magnitude of the grift and the accusations. Um, so it may not be his base particularly, because I don't think, um, I, I think they're committed to the individual, but, you know, those who are on the edge or those who have recently at least step back to evaluate, those are the people who I think start to think about, well, wow, you know, one lawsuit, I can understand three or four or four litigations and two civil court things. You know, now we're talking about real, you know, real trouble. Yeah. I mean, at what point do his supporters say, well, gee, well, there's smoke. There's usually some fire. And when a person is indicted in three or four jurisdictions for a long list of offenses, he actually may be committing crimes, or does it just not matter to them and never will? I think it will matter to them. The question is whether or not the trial is televised or any mm. of his trials are televised. You know, we live in a very visual society, and ever since the OJ trial and the Casey Anthony trial, and then the trials which actually brought to life the Black Lives Matter movement and impacted policies related to police brutality, all of that came about, even going back to Rodney King, came about because there were real visuals. And so I think in this case, what will make the difference will be, you know, televised trials and the more public transparency uh, we have, the the more people can make up their own minds. That's interesting. We'll see if that's allowed. And, you know, different judges in different cases, we'll see what happens. Uh, to your earlier point, you know, Trump's Republican rivals are, are changing their tune a little bit. I mean, they really defended him after that first indictment. Now they're kind of criticizing the Department of Justice, but not backing Trump so explicitly, although some like DeSantis says he would pardon Trump if he were president. What do you make of these rivals now threading the needle a little more delicately now? You know, if there was an embarrassment factor, I would think that that would kick in at some point, but I'm not sure that there is. Um, blaming the Justice Department is such a straw man argument since these indictments have all been voted by juries of the former president's peers, right? These are grand jury indictments, which is a set of individuals who've heard the evidence and make the decision. This is not, I mean, the Justice Department can prosecute and bring charges, but they can't vote out an indictment. So, you know, again, it's it, in collapsing the detail and the complexity, you know, they can make one seem 
seem like another, but it's not. Do you think these candidates, I mean, is this more a reflection of the continuing seriousness of the charges or, or is that they're running against him now and, you know, they're happy to let him be torn down a little bit? Well, again, I think it's about the money. I, you know, Jess Unruh used to say in California politics, you know, follow the money. My mother's um, milk. <laughs> right? Because many of the state parties, particularly in contested states, um, don't have the kind of funding you would expect a year out. There isn't, there aren't dollars to support these candidates. Chris Christie, who's been perfectly open about criticizing the president, he understands the process, right? He was a federal prosecutor, um, still can't raise the money. And so in large part, trying to thread the needle, they'll hang on as long as they can if they think there's an effective argument to appeal to that small donor, you know, hardcore Republican base for funding because there just aren't other sources within the Republican Party. All right. Well, thank you so much. I'm afraid we're out of time, but thanks for being with us, Dr. Dora kingsley Fairtenton, a professor at the Price School of Public Policy at USC. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Doug. You can hear the state of California every weekday at 3.30 p.m. It's also available on the Odyssey app and Wherever you get your podcasts, you'll find me on Twitter at Sovereign Nation. I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 